Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Changing Tides podcast. In each episode, we invite guests to have honest conversations about their mental health journeys with the goal of destigmatizing mental health within the Asian American Pacific Islander community. Due to the nature of the podcast, we'll be discussing a variety of mental health topics and possibly triggering experiences. While we and the majority of our guests are not trained professionals, we encourage you to practice self-care while listening and seek professional guidance if you or a loved one is in need of support. With that said, let's start the episode. Hello, my name is Matthew Shima, and I describe my mental health journey as ongoing and a process. Hello, welcome to the Changing Tides podcast. I am your host, Matthew Yonamura. Welcome back to another episode. I am so happy to be here and to record this intro and to share this interview today. Uh, I hope everything's going well with our listeners. I appreciate everyone who has been with us along this journey so far. This episode marks the end of the many pre-recorded backlogged interviews that we conducted. And our next episode after this one will be a new episode that we're recording like soon. As soon as in the week of June 23rd. I know June 23rd is a Wednesday today, but I'm just letting you know that we will be up to date with current interviews, and I'm so excited to share those with you as well. Um, I haven't even recorded them yet, but I'm so excited for the guests that we'll have. I want to be candid. My mental health has been going through its ups and downs these last few days, this last week, and I'm just sharing that because it's normal. We go through our ups and downs and we try to pick ourselves back up. We talk to our mental health professionals. We talk to our friends, our family, our loved ones. We go for walks, we exercise, we eat good food. We take a day to relax. Whatever it is that we do to get ourselves out of these holes, it's all normal. It's also normal to be kind of stuck in a hole for a moment. Um, So I just wanted to share that because I'm not gonna, I, I wouldn't be doing this podcast or myself any justice by pretending like I have perfect perfect days every single day but we're here today uh, and we're gonna keep it pushing today I'm doing pretty well and I'm also excited because I'll be sharing this interview with a mental health professional for the first time on this podcast uh, as mentioned many time Changing Tides is backed by a mental health advisory board with mental health professionals on the team so with that in mind This guest is actually one of those members of the Changing Tides Mental Health Advisory Board. He is also a licensed therapist, and he's the most, like, as far as I know, when I talk to him, he's one of the most common human beings I've ever met, one of the most kind people, just an overall great person that I've had an honor of knowing outside of the podcast I've had conversations with. And with all that said, I'm so excited to share the interview that I had with Matthew Chima. So, Matthew Shima, welcome to the podcast. A longtime friend of Changing Tides, a mental health advisory board. We'll go through your whole accolades and all the whole thing <laughs> in, uh, in my separate little piece. Okay. But thank you so much. Uh, I love that you said a process. We've had people say it's been a roller coaster, ups mm. and downs. We've heard mm. a lot of the same stuff about process. So, if you don't mind describing a little bit what your process has been and to get you to where you are now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think even I didn't really realize it was a mental health journey until 
I don't know when, kind of recently. Um, that I never really had thought of it that way. But um, so I guess in that way, it already is a process. Like there's something that's been with me internally, you know, um, probably since I was a child, since I was a kid. And it's always been there. And then start to become more and more aware of it and more and more aware of what I'm seeking, what I'm longing for, what my questions are, what my questions are about life, about myself, about relationships, about the world, about how things work, how relationships work, how my internal process works, um, how it responds to the environment, responds to other people, um, different life. So life is always like, you know, I guess that I just did this. It's like that roller coaster, um, but more like waves, I think mm -hmm. for me than a roller coaster like there, or um, I like this um, idea of as like seasons, right? And like mm. the natural world has seasons and I think our life has seasons. Um, but I guess so a process in that um, seeking out different avenues of, you know, essentially towards like happiness or meaning or fulfillment, um, contentment. And um, sometimes I feel like I'm on the right track and then it feels like I'm no longer on that right track anymore and I have to adjust it. And, and then something else changes in my life and then I have to figure out this new way. Um, so I don't ever think there's like one, like I figured out my mental health and now I'm good. Right. Like I'm healed. I'm, I got it figured out. I don't really think of it that way. 100%. And I think that's, that's along the lines of what so many people have talked with uh, or have said, whether they've been a podcast guest or just in conversations surrounding mental health. It's mm -hmm. about this process. I really enjoy what you said about waves and the seasons because not only do well, waves for one, because changing tides, it's a cool little plan. Uh -huh. uh... But, then, <laughs> but then, but then when it comes to seasons, like seasons also have a major effect on mental health. So I think it's mm -hmm. interesting to kind of see how you treat mental health as seasons, but also how seasons affect it. But, mm -hmm. um, so just a little note on that. Yeah. But, um, I'm also curious when your mental health journey first began and, you know, was there anything about your own experiences that inspired you to become a licensed therapist? Yeah. Um, so again, I think it's also, to use the, I guess it's the word process again, that um, it's more like in hindsight, I can see the connections. Um, but kind of finding for me where I could make the most impact um so i guess that i guess becoming a therapist is in response to essentially like finding my place to give my life meaning and fulfillment mm. and contentment and acting and engaging with my values of like compassion or awareness or connection um contributing things like that. So I think, um, so a lifetime of feeling a lot of the opposite, right? Being on the receiving end of, what's the opposite of compassion? Discompassion? Uncom <laughs> um, you know, 
um, struggling with a lot of things. So um, like kind of wandering feeling kind of like meaninglessness or, or despair almost of like, what's the point of all this? And mm -hmm. I think in what's the point of living here in life? Like what's, why am I here? What's this about? Um, just so we can get a job and die eventually, <laughs> or, you know, sometimes be happy, sometimes be sad. And what was, what's this all about? So I think for me, like pursuing those questions, um, I kind of, and then kind of came upon this field by accident. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Um, so I, I enjoyed hearing that you, you know, you're in this because you want to help people that kind of help you to find your purpose. But one thing I've been curious about when it comes to, to therapists and through your practice, you're, you're helping people through their own mental health struggles. Mm -hmm. um, they might see you as the one to like have their answers, but have you also found that through your practice, you're learning from your clients as much as they might be learning from you? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really smart question. Um, because I think if, I think I'm, I'm not doing therapy right if I'm not. Hmm. I'm not learning from my clients and my patients. Um, that we, I can say my approach anyway, is I try to engage with my clients in a way where I'm fully there and open and available. That's my, um, that's my approach. At least that's my intention anyway. Um, and that not like I do, like I have studied, I have had a lot of training. I have had a lot of hours, like, you know, I do know some things, but I never want that to like making sure like I get to say what I know mm. and I can teach. That's never my priority. Like um, it's more important to see people with dignity and respect and be with them and get as close as I can to understanding what it is to live their life and what it's like to be them. Hmm. Um, and so I could never know that more than they do, you know? So, and when, as I'm listening, as I'm trying to understand, I'm also understanding myself. And as I try to listen empathically that, oh, I also can recognize that experience or, oh, I never saw it that way. So as we engage in dialogue that, um, I can come more understanding, oh, this is how um, this feeling works. This is how sorrow functions, or this is how, um, this is what it's like to be, feel disconnected from someone or to feel ostracized or, mm -hmm. um, oh, this is how shame works in a relationship. Um, so as I, I'm always learning and, and hearing um, my clients' perspectives on things. And then I can, I, I take that in and I'm affected by it. And so we're, we're constantly kind of mutually affecting each other. And that's actually, so my approach is through that mutual, through the connection and mutual understanding and mutual affecting that I think is one way that change happens rather than like, I know what to do. Here's right. your problem. Do this, and you should change this way. 
if you just did this, like, cause that already that's coming from a place of like, oh, that doesn't feel very nice to hear. Like I'm doing it wrong and I, I should just listen to this therapist. For sure. Cause yeah. I, I feel like that's maybe a misconception about therapy is that you're going to be, you know, you're going to be laid out on the, the leather couch. They're going to be kind of talking at you. Mm-hmm. They're going to, you'll tell them your story. So it's really interesting to hear about this mutual, you know, it's a, it's a, like a, it's, it's a conversation essentially. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. It's feeding off one another. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so I, not to make too far of a jump, but 2020, uh, let's just address it. It's been a year of transition and change, and there's been a huge rise in the need for mental health services. Mm-hmm. Um, but for you specifically, it's marked the first time you've gone fully remote with uh, teletherapy. Yeah. So I'm curious how it's been to make this transition and how it's impacted your approach, if it has at all. Yeah. Um, so on the technical logistical end, it was actually very seamless. I had already had everything set up because I had done a little bit before here and there of like kind of if someone was couldn't come in that day or their car broke down or uh, there was something that came up that we needed to do a remote session, we would. Um, so I was already set up on the on the logistical side, on the technical end. So that made it very easy for me. Um, so I was lucky that way. And just actually, just before Corona hit, I had transitioned all of my, my all of my, um, I guess sort of the back end of my practice, I had transitioned it digitally already. Hmm. So it was actually like a really seamless transition for me. Um, and it did take some getting used to though, for, to do the client work. Um, and I'll just say one, it works really well, actually. And I think oh. the more that we all got used to it, the more it started to feel closer to like in-person sessions. Hmm. Um, I'll say one difference is, um, one difference is you can't see most of the people, right? Like you can only yeah. see certain parts. So either when I'm describing something, cause I'll use my own experience too in the session. So I'll, I'll mention something about my body or ask about their body. Like, Oh, what, you know, what are your hands doing right now? I can't mm-hmm. really see them. Um, because that's also, usually we're taking in so much in nonverbal information, but we don't have that when a little window. Right. Um, so on one hand, it's a downside. Like I can't feel what's going on as easily, mm-hmm. but then the plus of that is I have to ask. And then when I have to act, I can't assume and I can't just non-verbally see, but I have to ask, I have to put my curiosity into words. And then the person on the other end is invited then to describe something and also to sense and then put it into words back. So it's actually useful in terms of therapy, being able to put your thoughts, feelings, body sensations, Uh, into words as opposed to just um, they come and go so that's actually it ends up being a useful tool in a way to like you kind of get the excuse like I can't see so that's why I'm asking Uh and then as opposed to maybe a question that might feel too invasive like what's going on with your feet or something Uh like 
that might feel it's like obviously i can see it but mm-hmm. um when you can't see it, you have to ask and so that's actually been a surprising outcome um another positive thing is you get to see into people's lives in a more direct way like mm-hmm. you get to see their space what is their home like what is their you get to i get to meet lots of um people i wouldn't get to like children come in or pets and cats walk by and um partners and family members and um get to hear the sounds at their place or um you get to see what people have on their walls and they'll show you and like so it's kind of like a bit of show and tell Uh uh, which is really cool because normally if they come into my office it's just whatever i have already set up um so that's been fun cool yeah and I, I I like that because when you have to like verbally ask someone like, you know, what are you doing with your hands or whatever it might be, uh, like for me in my own experiences, I'll realize after like 10 minutes of being clenched up that I, I need to let my shoulders down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I think it also makes your clients maybe more aware of their own bodies. Um, yeah. So I really like that. And I also think that once this is over and... Uh, we're able to go out again. It'll be kind of nice to be able to continue to do this remotely because people will be able to just stay at home mm-hmm. and be able to get the same service. So I, I, mm-hmm. I think in the long run, this is going to be helpful still with it all being online. Yeah. And um, it's really, um, it's been really useful. Like another positive is that it's made it way more accessible to people in a further distance, but also like you don't have to maybe get childcare you don't have to leave your because normally if you have to drive into office you leave your kid at home and you need child care right. and like and there's driving and traffic and parking and, blah, blah. and that takes you know a one hour appointment all of a sudden becomes three hours mm-hmm. but now you can squeeze it in right in the middle of the day yeah you can take a lunch break and do it or just pop over for some other work do your session and be done now the downside to that is you you lose that sort of um, like when you like park and walk and sit down, get your tea, get uh-huh. settled, the little, the small talk, the little bits of, yeah. So you get to hear. Yeah. You see that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you had a dog and now I know um, that you get those little bits of things. And so one thing I have, I'm cautious always around transitions, transitions into a call and then transitions back out because Normally when you end a session, okay, get up, maybe throw your cup away, like grab your things, okay, say bye, walk them to the door, like something like that. Hmm. But um, now it's like, okay, bye, click, gone. Yeah. And they're just like, you know, we're both just alone in our space. And the person, so the disconnect is boom, it's Hmm. instant. So that sort of soft transition in or out is missing and so i'm always aware of that hmm. and not only that but there's also that awkward like half a second when everyone when you're reaching for the end meeting <laughs> and you're both just kind of reaching for it and you're seeing who's gonna like there's just that little half second uh-huh. um but i'm curious for you because with being online um you're having back-to-back babies of all these zoom calls mm-hmm. and i'm a student i have the most I have is two classes a day, but I'm curious how you battle your Zoom fatigue um, that 
me and so many others are feeling at this point? Yeah. Um, one thing is I like the basics of getting a good setup. Like I got a riser for my laptop, like a mm. desk, a chair, I got a pillow here. Like, so just kind of the basics of comfort as best you can. Um, and then I have it set up the same way every time. So there's not a lot of thinking. Like I always have my water. I usually have like coffee or tea. Like, so kind of just like I have my work mode. Mm-hmm. So that helps. Um, and then outside of work, basically, essentially just try to get outside as much as possible. Um, I know that's hard right now for depending on where you live and if you have access to that, but I mean, essentially just non-screen time. Um, And the tricky part, I think a lot of this is where like, it's nice to see our friends, right? And to do like a Zoom thing, but to be honest, I don't do many anymore because I can't. Right. Um, It's too much. So I have to say no to a lot of things. Like webinars, there's so many webinars I don't go to. Like it's sad, I I like, there's a part of me that feels like I should support, but also like, I just have to, I had to cut way back on all the things that I would normally feel energized to do. Um, I have to just not say no to it. Um, and, um, when I can like call my friends, what I, I love AirPods is the best invention ever. Um, <laughs> because I can put them in and I can call someone not FaceTime, mm-hmm. um, or zoom, but just the audio call put my phone in my pocket or my bag, whatever, and then take a walk. Right. And so I can like walk and still connect, but not let, let my eyes rest, have a different scenery, move my body. Yeah. And um, I, I really like that you said, even when it comes to Zoom, that you need to stop and say like no every now and then, because when we're all able to again, and you're able to go out and see your friends, that's a continued practice of like, if you can't hang out with your friends, like it's, I don't think anyone's going to be offended if you have to say no again. So, um, cause I'm sure everyone's mm-hmm. going to want to do their get togethers when we're able to, mm-hmm. but saying no, it's an option for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It sure is. You know, you're, you're, you're trusted to help your clients through day-to-day lives, through their trauma, depression, anxiety. Um, there's so many different aspects that you're helping your clients through whenever you're talking with them. So how do you help them? But like more important or maybe not more importantly, but how, how do you keep, make sure that your own mental health is balanced? Um, so I always have, um, I have like a morning routine, which really helps me. So having systems in place for things makes my life a lot easier. Um, but my morning routine is like um, a really big support for me. So wake up and then drink a glass of water. I make my coffee, I meditate, journal, read yoga, like then and clean and then start. Like if I can do that, mm-hmm. um, that's really like a solid morning and not rushed. If I wake up with enough time to not rush and do all those things, that sets me up for a really good day. Um, um, so that's one thing is having like a solid morning routine full of things that I know are good for me, like not start out checking email, not, not start out, um, text messages and YouTube or 
whatever. Um, because I notice when I do that, that automatically my mind is already, I'm losing my focus, I'm losing concentration. Now I'm cool, I feel foggy. Um, mm -hmm. So having, I guess, awareness of my state and what I need to do at each moment. Um, and then I think to, I guess I'm repeating myself now, but saying, it's more about like what I don't do that's mm -hmm. really helps me. Like I'm, I could go on a rant all day about like technology, but um, turn off the notifications. Like if I had to give advice, that would be my self-care advice. Like turn off notifications of everything. Just turn mm -hmm. them off. Like, uh -huh. so that's what I do. I turn off, like I, I just got a new phone on Sunday. Um, but first thing, okay, delete, 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 delete off, 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 off. <laughs> don't need that. Don't need that. Don't need, like I go through the uh -huh. settings and go through every category and no, no, don't, no, off, notifications off, this off. Don't automatically do that. Automatic this off. Um, so I can see I'm passionate about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I think, I think that's great advice because especially for, you know, anyone who's super involved with social media, mm. man, like keeping track of how often you're getting those likes or something like it, it could be draining. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm a, me and my friend fight about their hardcore Google calendar advocate. I'm a paper calendar. Uh, like I'm like, yeah, me controlling my schedule without, I don't know. I could go on forever about that. <laughs> But um, really like minimizing, simplifying, going back to what's this, like the amount of things I don't spend my energy on is what helps me stay recharged. Mm -hmm. Yeah, For sure. Um, I'm curious if there's any other daily self-care practices that you enjoy besides the ones that you mentioned, or maybe one of the ones that specifically that you've been really passionate about lately um, that you'd mm. like to share. Um, meditation for sure. That's, that's like my go-to. It's been my longest standing one. And it's just, to me, it's like the most essential. Um, and which by meditation, it doesn't even have to be anything serious, but sitting quietly, just sitting quietly, enjoying whatever is there. If, you, if you're outside, you can even look at the trees or uh, just sit with your eyes closed and just kind of resting in silence. Um, sometimes I'll even have my coffee and just, I call it my coffee meditation or just sitting, drinking coffee. Mm -hmm. Um, so not, not in any rigid, serious way, but just time to shut down and quiet, mm. be quiet. So I, that's I'm definitely my go-to. For sure. And I, I'm curious because I, I tr I've tried it. I can't, like, I feel like I do it wrong, even mm. though there probably isn't necessarily a wrong way to do it. But mm. I, I start thinking about all the stuff I have to do for the day. So mm -hmm. is there a, a direction that you try to put your focus so that you're not doing something like that? Yeah. So I think, I think there's a lot of misinstruction about meditation and that, um, People think that it means you're supposed to have a quiet your mind mm. um, or your mind is supposed to somehow be without thoughts. Mm. Um, but that's actually not what no mind means. If you've ever, some people talk about, oh, I need to be no mind or I need to be 
quiet my thinking. But thinking is always just going to happen. Right. You can't stop thinking from happening. No. <laughs> um, right. So, um, and that's why there's techniques like, for example, there's so many different kinds of meditations, I'll say that, which all have different intentions and different purposes, like what they're trying to do but with that meditation technique. Um, but like a simple mindfulness, right, is pretty common now. Just noticing your breath, mm. right? And why is that useful? Because your breath is that thing. It's another object to rest your attention on when you notice it go into a thought. So like if a thought comes up and what I have to do that, oh, as soon as you notice that you're thinking about your to-do list, that moment you've already become mindful of mm -hmm. your thinking and you can return it to your breath. And then maybe one half a breath later, you've already thought about, now you're thinking about lunch again. Like, oh, whoop, there, it wow, my mind really goes where it wants to. Okay, let it do its thing. I'm gonna keep returning to my breath. Mm. Like, so that would be kind of a, maybe a basic instruction. Like, oh, gently return your attention back. Rest it with the breath. Notice it comes in and out. I think I'm gonna try it again tomorrow. I'm gonna try uh -huh. to remember to come back to the breath because. I'm gonna try it's, it's, right now. Yeah, see, <laughs> you know, that's the funny thing. When you said it, when you said it, I was, I was all of a sudden was like, "How am I breathing?" You know, because mm -hmm. because it is such a it's the unconscious thing because we have to do it to survive. Like you can't live without mm -hmm. breathing, mm -hmm. but once you focus on it, you're all of a sudden you know that's all that you can think about. Um, so yeah. I'll be trying that because yeah. I'm already thinking about it this whole time now. Yeah. Um, Could I invite you to notice your breath right now and just notice how it's coming in and out? And I, yeah, and like, <sighs> the, like I, I've realized that when I do these interviews, uh, just because I, I, you know, I want to listen. I don't want to, I don't know what it is, but like, I don't let myself do a good. <sighs> <sighs> so notice yeah. that you can do it now. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for that. See, mm. every, uh, to all the listeners, this is why uh, Matthew <laughs> Shima is the top in the business of teletherapy <laughs> so it's, it's like those are his words not mine <laughs> <laughs> and you know matthew we're not even putting this episode out we're this is just a free therapy session for me just, <laughs> this was just a it was just all for me all for me um but <laughs> on a serious note oh no, go ahead yeah. go ahead i was gonna say but yeah i mean this is kind of how therapy goes uh, this is how in the way i work like mm. oh we're talking oh this something okay this is something we can do oh let's try it uh -huh. Oh, what happens? Oh, let's check it out. Okay. Like, oh, let's notice that exhale. Ah, yeah. There's relief that comes with. Like, so this is kind of, in a way, the way, the way I work. Um, it's just very intuitively following wherever we're going and, oh, this is something. And, but let's try it. I love so, it. Experiential in the moment um, through dialogue. It could be playful. It could be serious. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, before, because I know we emailed a little bit, you the much dreaded quick fire section is coming up. Mm. But before we get there, is there anything else you'd like to say before we jump into that? Mm. I really love therapy, and um, I hope people get over that hump, hump to try it mm -hmm. because I know that changing ties is all about you know breaking the stigma and changing the conversation. So like, I know it's hard, even if I need to like, I don't know, 
find a lawn, I don't know, find like a dry cleaner, like to make that first call is always hard, but then something like therapy is even harder. So um, whatever you, whatever support you need to just make that first call, um, just encourage you to, and listeners to do it. And also if you contact a therapist and you meet with them and you don't like them, try someone else because like, just like, you have different types of people who you click with for your friend groups and for your teachers and for your doctor or anything. There's gonna be people who you really click with and people who you don't. And all us therapists, we work differently. We have our own styles, we have our own personality. So if you don't like someone, um, you know, give it a few times because it could be a, a learning process. But after a few times, you're like, nah, just don't write off therapy as that. Right. That's therapy with that person. Give someone else a try because there may be a totally different approach that fits for you. So for sure. Yeah. It's really individual. I love it. Great way to end that section. We would go ahead when, if you're ready, we could go ahead. It's okay. really not that I'm bad. Bracing. <laughs> <laughs> Truly not that bad. Uh, but are you get, ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So question number one, what is your go-to comfort food after a long day of work? Oh, a long day of work. I was gonna say my go-to comfort food is instant ramen. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. I love cool. it. I can eat it morning, <laughs> night, anytime, late night. Is, do you do you, do you throw the egg in? Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got Raw it. egg. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I, that that's my. I have to put in the egg, but. Yeah. Um, is there a song or an artist that you listen to that is perfect for when you're trying to relax? Ah. Let's see. I'm trying to relax. I don't know, actually. I've been listening to a lot of Blackpink. Okay, for sure. <laughs> Which is not <laughs> relaxing, but it's very energizing. So okay. it helps balance out, like, uh, my work is very, you know, can be very intense. So right. uh, something playful. For sure, we could go with that then. Yeah. We can go with that. Yeah. Um, a piece of advice for anyone thinking about trying therapy for the first time? Um, I guess I kind of just answered that, but yeah. try, um, just go for it and keep trying until you find someone you like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That first call, that first call. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you could invite five people to dinner, dead or alive, who would they be? Hmm. Let's see. Nipsey Hussle. Ooh. Um, God, oh my God. Um, let's see. Adya Shanti, he's a spiritual teacher. Okay. Um, five, oh my God. I feel like the pressure's on with this one. <laughs> uh, here, we'll go, with, we'll go with Jesus, Buddha. And uh, Carl Rogers, who's a psychologist. Great. Is that is that four? I don't know. Four or five. I'm not sure. Okay, we'll we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Um, is there a hidden talent of yours? Um, I used to play in bands a lot. Okay. Um, so all the like the garage band instruments. 
For sure. Is there one that you preferred that was your favorite or that you were best at? I like drums. Okay. Um, cool. And I can also use a chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> that was a surprising one. I'll admit, that was a surprising one. Um, a skill you don't have, but you wish you did. Oh, um, playing piano. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like the core musical instrument that I would love to be able to just like, if there's a piano somewhere, just come and sit down and start playing. Right. Uh, awesome. Wouldn't that be great? You know? It would be really cool. Um, advice you, uh, if you could give advice to yourself five years ago, what would it be? Mm. Um, hang in there <laughs> and um, have fun. You don't have to do everything. I love it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to end it. Uh, that pretty much wraps up the interview. Cool. Um, Matthew, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast, for being such a helpful hand to changing tides and everything that we do. And yeah, thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you again to Matthew Shima for joining us and talking about being a therapist, about his own mental health journey, and about his life. Uh, I think it's interesting to hear the perspective of a mental health professional because I feel like mental health professionals do so much of the listening that it's interesting to hear their own perspective from their lives and what they do for their, their own mental health. So... Yeah, again, thank you to Matthew Shima. And to the listener, if you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to our show for our episodes that release on every other Tuesday and give us a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. If you would like to support our podcast and help us grow, you can do so with a donation to the link at the bottom of the episode description. To hear more about Changing Tides, follow us on Instagram at LTSC underscore Changing Tides or check out our website, thechangingtides.org. Let's continue to change the tides on mental health.